Good morning and welcome back to the Legal Queen podcast. I release these episodes every Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday at 6am. In only two months, guys, we have grown to 10,000 monthly listeners. Wow, blows my mind. And I just wanted to say thank you so much. I get hundreds of messages every day saying how much this podcast is helping people. So if I could ask whatever application you may be listening to this on, Spotify, Apple, Amazon or anywhere else, if you could please give me a five star rating, it will really help push the podcast so that we can help even more people. My goal is to be reaching 50,000 monthly listeners by the end of the year and you guys can directly help me achieve that. Anyway, enjoy the following episode. But there you go, Jane, you're on. How can I help? Hi, Tracy. Hello. Talking to me. That's okay. Um, so I've got three questions, but they, I will try and be as concise as I can. Okay. So um, I've recently separated from my husband. Yeah. Um, and I just want to, because he won't leave the marital firm, can yep. I make him leave? You can't physically make him leave, but you can get a court order, and we call that an occupation order. Um, so with an occupation order, you can definitely ask him to leave, yeah. Right, okay. So then if I, if so on to that, if, if I go away for a weekend, can yeah. he then refuse me entry back into the house? Uh, no, not if you're gone for a couple of days, no. Right. Okay. And then the third question is just a little bit more in depth. So we 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 do have um, two other properties, and obviously it'll be fifty fifty, and um, we, we we currently rent those out. But because we've gone now into a new financial year, does can that be added on to the last financial year, or do we have to wait for the next financial year's um, P sixties to clear that that off with them? i.e. extending any financial agreement. Is that more of a tax question, Jane? Sorry, it, what... It's more, sorry, it's more of, obviously, um, I want everything kind of wrapping up as soon as possible. So, yeah. Um, and, and obviously, to, to sell the houses and for him to leave with his 50-50. But obviously, with it going into the next tax year, will, will that have to be done separately to any financial agreement now? Or can it can it be added into last year's tax? You, you, you'd need to speak to an accountant about that. That that sort of falls outside my remit, Jane, I'll be completely honest. Right. I mean, the financial order will simply sew everything up regardless of what tax year it falls in. Um, we, that yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't even cross our minds when we're doing the financial order. We're just keen to make sure that it's fair and reasonable. That That's all. Right, okay. Yeah. No, that's... Yeah. that's that's perfect. Thank okay. you very much. You're welcome. Thank you, Jane. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Um, so Missy announced that she's on the wrong side. She was meant to be on TikTok and she was on Facebook. You do make me laugh, Missy. Jess, you are next up. What's your question? Hi, yeah. Hello. Um, so um, a little bit of background. So my, my ex and I split up around two and a half years ago. Um, we owned a house together, but all the finances have been split completely now. Yep. Um, we have a three-year-old together um, who he's been seeing every single Sunday and on his day off in the week up until around November last year um, when he got with a, a new partner. Um, since then, um, communication between the both of us has broken down entirely. 
um, and he's basically saying that he's going to be taking me to court for access to our daughter, which is ultimately, I want him to be seeing her as well, um, but need to have a conversation with him in regards to safeguarding her. So he's, I found out he's been doing things like sort of leaving her with his, his new partner completely unattended, who he's been with for less than a month at the time, um, and just some other sort of things that make me question about her safety. Um, so he, he began the ball rolling with uh, mediation to begin with. He did his Miami um, uh, a couple of months ago. Now it's in March, sort of a month yeah. and a half ago. Yeah. Um, and then after he found out about the cost, the cost implications with mediation, he then has changed his mind. Um, I still want to move ahead with mediation, so I've done my own Miam earlier today. Um, both of our Miams have shown that mediation is appropriate for our situation to move forward. Um, but he's now saying that he's going to refuse to do mediation. He just wants to take me to court in, and he's basically said that he needs a few months to himself and wants to take me to court in, in perhaps five or six months' time for, for access. I yeah. don't feel that's right or fair on our child. Um, and, and is there anything that I can be doing in the meantime rather than just sort of waiting for a court thing to come through? And, and can, can the courts make him do mediation as well? No. So mediation is voluntary. It's a voluntary process. So nobody can make him do the mediation. If he doesn't want to do it, then that's that. Um, if he if he is saying that he wants to make an application to the court for contact with your child and then decides he wants to wait a few months again you can't force him to make that application i mean you know the contact that he has in the interim will obviously be any contact that's agreed between you both it does seem well, a bit I'm, a bit I'm silly to, get him to have contact yeah. with her, but he's refusing at the moment yeah. he's basically saying he wants it on his terms and if he doesn't get it on his terms then he's not having any contact with her at all yeah then then that's his choice jess that's his choice i i get the impression that you're sort of you know banging your head against a brick wall let he's game playing he's absolutely 100% game playing so if yeah. he if he decides that he doesn't want to have contact with her because you won't agree to what he wants fine that's his choice and if he wants to make an application in September or whenever it was then that's fine too and if when you get to court he accuses you of not allowing your daughter to see contact uh, to see him you would simply say that's just not true that's not true. He chose not to. Yeah. Him to speak yeah. To her she's you know what? I, I would literally do nothing, Jess, because you're doing all the, the work here and it's it's not going to benefit you at all. And, and honestly, if he doesn't want to have contact with her, I doubt he's going to be consistent. So it might not be yeah. a good idea to force his hand because that may have repercussions for your daughter. Because he may do yeah. a couple of weeks and then not bother. And then you're picking up the pieces. Literally, step back and do nothing would be would be um, my suggestion. My other question, my, my, sort of the other worry I have is if it does go to court in a few months' time, and I, I know they are very, very backed up anyway, so probably looking, even if he put in the application now, probably the best part of a year before it even made it to court... Um, if at that point there's um, an arrangement in place for him to say her, for example, every Sunday, um, and then he changes his mind and doesn't stick to that, well, where do we stand then? As in, can we? Can I just say, well, 
you've got to stick to this and be consistent otherwise no. I no, don't no, want no. an inconsistent you, no, no, you, in my daughter's life you, you simply say look if you can't have consistency that's not in her best interest and therefore I'm stopping contact or whatever it might be mm-hmm. you can't you can't force him to have contact the court can't force him to have contact you know yeah. if if an order's made and he doesn't stick with the order well you know that that's the sad part you can't force him but equally if he's here there and everywhere and all over the place and not seeing her for a week and then not seeing her for a month you are in control of that because you can just simply yeah. stop that and say no it's weekly or fortnightly or whatever it is that you guys agree um and you've got to yeah. stick to that and if he doesn't well there'll be consequences and the consequences might be that you you stop contact Okay, so it would be within my remit to do that if he is messing around with the court order. Once well, it's in it's in your remit to exercise your parental responsibility if what is happening is not in your daughter's best interests. So okay. it's not a case of him adhering to your rules. It's whether or not by not sticking to the um, agreement is having a negative impact on her. If she's not yeah. bothered, then fine, fine. Just let let him do what he wants to do. Okay. All right. Great. Okay, that's, that's great. Thank you very much. Thanks, Thank Jess. You. Bye. Uh, Nikki, you are next up. What's your question? Hi, Tracy. Hello. Can you hear me? I can. Hi there. Um, I'm, I'm wondering what I can do. I have had to leave the family home due to my um, suit to my ex-husband threatening to put me in a box. Um, I, I refused to sign over another house that, that we own. Um, and then he, he, he threatened me. So I've left and I'm now living in a friend's spare room. Um, I do have a solicitor who I'm, who I'm not 100% happy with. It just seems to be taking so long. I've, I've asked her to um, apply for divorce. She had sent him one email um, stating that, you know, what I, I just want the 50% equity in one of the houses. But he's ignoring it, and it, I know he's going to continue to ignore emails. Um, I've heard he's going to Dubai uh, in early May, and I'm worried. How do we serve anything, or how does it start with a financial order if he's not here and he's not responding? So, in well, in terms of the the financial order, you've got to start the divorce first, Nikki, just so that you're aware of that. Yeah. Um, but the financial okay. order, if if he doesn't engage, it's it's really frustrating yeah. because that's going to lengthen the process. Because each time you turn up at court, he won't be there, and the court will adjourn it off. Eventually, you will get yeah. to a stage where the court will give you a financial order, even if it's just a clean break. Do you know what I mean? Um, okay. But they yeah. eventually they will make an order because you want one. And as long as you can prove service, you can prove that he knows about it, that he's deliberately not engaging, then you'll be okay. You will get there. It yeah. just It's just going to take you twice as long. Okay. So in the meantime, he, he, the day I told him it was over, he he stopped all finances. Um, I, started, I started a business a few years ago and I, 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 I just have a, a wage of £500 a month and relied on the money that um, that he gave me, he, which he stopped. He stopped absolutely everything. Um, so I am using what savings I have towards the solicitor that I've got at the moment, but I'm worried it comes to a point where I can't afford to live. Um, 
how does that how, what, is there anything I can do you can represent yourself Nikki you can represent yourself and you know if push comes to shove you've got to eat so that comes over and beyond legal fees so you you would represent yourself would would be my suggestion yeah I am um... Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. And think, and look, you know, I I know right now that seems really daunting. And and I know it does because you you are about to enter into something that you've had no experience of. It's a completely different world, the legal world, and I totally get that. But the thing to do is take it one step at a time. Okay? So by coming onto okay. these sorts of platforms, you say to me, "Right, this is yeah. where I'm at at the moment. What's the next step?" I can tell you. And at least if you know what the next step is, then you're just worrying about that step. You don't look at the bigger picture. You don't even worry about going to court. If there's problems with service, you come back on here, for example. You drop me an email. I'm having problems with service. How do I get around that? And when you start breaking it down, before you know it, you'll be at the end of the process. Honestly, right now, I know that's really hard to imagine, but you will get to the end of the process and you won't have a huge big legal bill. And there might be things that's tricky along the way that you do need help with, but that's where you can come onto the Discord or the TikTok or just email me. I get so many emails every day. People just need to be pointed in the right direction. They're more than happy to do it themselves as long as they know what to do. So that that's an option for you if money's tight. Okay. I mean, I, if I knew I was going to get what I deserved of the house, yeah. I'd be able to pay it with... I'm just worried that what, what he's saying is... I think I've mentioned this before, he's got a £400,000 tax bill going back 20, 23 years b before he met me. We've been together at 11, and he's saying he's going to take that money out of the, the sale of the house before it's split. And then he built the house, so I'm worried that he's going to take the cost of the build out of the house, and then it leaves leaves nothing no equity in the house but I'm not sure whether he's allowed to do that he's not he's not allowed um, to do that because the housing needs of the party is going to come over and above any liabilities that he has unless of course the the tax office take action so if that is the house in joint names Nikki yeah yeah, yeah. No so on the house. okay so 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 your your 50 percent is protected from anybody that's chasing him for money Okay, so so know that. Okay. Know that if if you if you are a joint owner, fifty percent of that house is legally yours. But don't listen to what he's saying. Okay. Obviously, he knows how to press your buttons, and he's he's pressing them good right now. So just know that that fifty percent yeah. that fifty percent is yours. Um, it's just by the sounds of it, not going to be straightforward in you getting that because he's just a bit of a bit of an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. You're well. You can come back anytime, okay. Nikki, or just email me if if you want a quicker response. Because obviously I'm only on here Monday, Tuesday. Just email me, okay? Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Bye. 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 April, you are next up. Um. So yeah, we had our final court hearing on the um eighth of March. Um. Since then, um, there's been a lot of um conflict between the birth mother and us. Now, me and my husband have custody of his child. Yeah. Um, and she gets to see the child one week at Easter, three weeks in the summer holidays, and a week at Christmas. Yeah. Um, it doesn't specify which date. It just that's all it says. 
Um, now he had his one week, so the child visited one week at Easter, which was fine. Um, but trying to arrange further contact has been a big struggle. Um, she's basically saying that she's not arranging any further contact until Christmas is sorted. Now we're having a lot of trouble with Christmas because my husband's work cannot comply with um, having days off because he works for a supermarket. Christmas is their busiest time of the year. Yeah. Um, and he's not allowed any time off from the 17th of December to the 1st of January. Um, and I've kept her in the loop of everything and she's just not being amicable at all. Um, obviously there's a big distance of travel. Um, there's over 400 miles in traveling. Now we've suggested maybe if she wants to have the contact to do the full journey, because I know on the order it says that we have to do half and half, but we physically can't do it. Um, and I'm just trying to figure out where to go next because she's not amicable at all. We've suggested everything we possibly can and it's just no. Can I ask why you, you're unable to do it, April? Um, so the halfway point is a service station. Now I don't drive, otherwise I'd do it myself. It's only my husband that drives. Um, and obviously his work can't um, give him any holiday in that period of Christmas that she has. she's supposed to have him. Is there a friend that could help out? Not anyone that drives, no. So then it may um, it, was, it may need to be maybe I public was, transport. Yeah, so I've looked up at trains and it's going to cost £316 just for me to get him there and back on one day. So that's going to be over £600 in yeah. one week, which, yeah. you know, she doesn't pay child maintenance as it is anyway. Mm. And that's a lot of money to pay out, especially where I've got two other children to provide for as well as... I think, I think April, you, you're kind of caught between a rock and a hard place. If the order says you've got to share yeah. the cost of travel, and it is 400 miles, so I can see why the court said that, you know, that the difficulty, yeah. if I can be so bold, lies with you guys, really, because she's sticking to, yeah. to her side of the, of the deal. Um, and obviously, if, if you don't drive and there's nobody that can drive you up and public transport is, is too expensive we can't really shift that problem over to her. You know, if your husband or your partner can't get time off from work, that therein lies the issue, really. Um, yeah, because um, I know, obviously, when um, it was, you know, her choice to choose this bloke over her son. Yeah, but every, everyone, yeah, I know I get that, but that happens all the time. People will move hundreds of miles away. Sometimes people move to a different country. That's their decision. We can't hold that against yeah. them. You know, ultimately, the court order's been made. You've got to meet her halfway. Um, I would be figuring out a way to do that. Yeah, because even if I get a train, that only takes me to the train station. Then I've got to figure a way out to get to the service station. Yeah. It's just going to cost so much money. It will do, unless you can get someone to give you a lift or do a deal with a taxi driver. Yeah. It's going to cost a lot, but yeah. It will, it will, but what I'm saying is you'll find a way. You, you'll find a way to, to sort it out, all right? It, the, the, the bur I, think, I think the reason that you're asking me is you kind of were hoping that I would say, well, the burden can then be transferred over to the other side. It can't. It can't be transferred no, over. I was thinking more, more because this is the issue that we're going to have every single Christmas. Yeah. I mean, you know, the Easter holidays and the summer holidays doesn't phase us because there's nothing stopping it. It's just the employment side of things is really hard. Mm -hmm. um, and I just don't know if it's worth maybe taking it back to vary it 
I'm not sure. Court. I'm not sure yeah. the court would think that's fair. That because he's working, the mother then has to do the 400 mile trip. That's 800 mile. I don't think the court would think that fair. Right. Okay. All right. All right. Thank All right. You. Thanks, April. Bye. Sometimes it's a little, you know, it's difficult to to tell people um, something when it's probably not what they want to hear. But I'm always going to be completely honest with you guys um, in view, you know, just my view. Uh, Sarah, you are up next. What's your question? Hello. Sorry for earlier. My little one came out. That's all right. That's all right. Actually, Laura, but I. Oh, hey, Laura. Go on and do a different name just just in case he finds me. That's Um, fine. So uh, there was a normalization order and an occupation order in place for Mm -hmm. me and my children, of my ex husband. Um, We started divorce proceedings and then he started a financial proceeding, of which he's adjourned and now we're at like some questionnaire stages. I'm just wondering really what the outcome would be. So he wants to try and make us homeless, which is ridiculous. but I don't know where I stand. So my children are nine, five, and two. Um, ideally, I'd like to buy him out, but there's a lot of equity, and I don't know if I'll be able to. And he's not agreeing on any figure. Um, but people keep telling me that I I can stay in the house until he's eighteen. Now I don't necessarily think it's fair, even though what he's done to us, he doesn't contribute to the mortgage and hasn't done for two years. But I don't know what the likelihood, what the court's going to do, especially as he keeps adjourning the financials. He's messing around with the mortgage because we're on a variable rate. That's the only way he can continue to abuse us with the financials. Um, I don't really know what yeah. I can expect I think, out of it. I think for your situation, I say this to everybody, Laura, that, that asked me yeah. the same, you've got to get that one hour because what you're actually saying is we're about to go down the financials and I don't know what I'm entitled to, what my options are. And yeah. you've got to take that one hour with a solicitor, whether it be me or somebody you, else. This is the thing. I do yeah. have a solicitor. Okay. £40,000 so far. Wow. She hasn't really, yeah, for the occupation order and then the family Oh, court. okay. So yeah. He's, he said he wanted 50-50. The court have given him five hours every other Saturday in a public yeah. place because yeah. of the risk that he is. Yeah. Um, but he's but, in the financial order because it's separate. He's yeah. still saying so, he just lies all of the time. So... Uh, can you not just say to your solicitor, look, I just need to sit down with you and, and yeah. just get some idea of what's going to happen in the what's finances, what I'm entitled to. Now, she's not going to yeah. be able to give you an exact prediction, but she'll come. No. She'll definitely come close. She'll definitely come oh, close. Yeah, I'll that. Because we've done our formies. We've done oh, our questionnaires. Yeah. She's now, said that, she's now said to him, if you don't change your questionnaire because of how, what he's put in it, we will show the judge in the court and we're in court in June. It's just, I was just thinking, oh, I'll just jump on and see. Yeah. Have have a chat with her. She might have put on the back of your for me what order she's asking the court for, but have a look now because you've had his financial disclosure as well. So she should have some yeah. idea as to what you're going to... He hasn't done his financial... He won't give us his pensions. He won't... He has, he, he's just... But that's he's, okay. He's just using the system that, to that's continue a, the abuse. That's okay. So he doesn't. He hasn't made full disclosure of the pension. That's fine. When you go back to okay. court, you can have that ordered. But know yeah. that if it's a long relationship, you're going to get a pension share. You just don't know at the moment how much yeah. it's going to be. But, you know, depending yeah. on the length of the relationship. So that's what I mean. Sometimes we can give the clients advice. It might not be exact advice, yeah. but we can certainly yeah. say, look, based on the length of your relationship, you will be entitled to a pension share. Yeah, but until he... Yeah, well, there you go. Until he makes disclosure of how much is in this pension part, I can't tell you what percentage you're going to get. 
Yeah. All okay, right. Cool. That's fine. I just Lovely. didn't know if you could make us homeless like he's saying that he's going to. No, no, not when there's three no. kiddies involved. Definitely not. Okay. All Thank right. Thank you for your help. No worries. Thank, Thank you. you, Laura. Bye-bye. Thank you. Heather, you are next up. How can I help? Really, all my, my question was, we attended our first court hearing on the um, 6th of April, Thursday, which was the day before Good Friday. Yeah. And in that, it was agreed uh, we'd asked for a drug and alcohol test to be done. Um uh, my f uh, father of the child agreed to all this and we agreed to split the cost as well um, at that hearing. He has very long, extremely long curly hair and the judge or the legal representative made a specific point of saying to him to not cut the hair as he had very good hair. <laughs> yeah. And it's for six months to go back um, for a drug test and the lab was agreed on and everything. So then he came to his first supervised visit, which was the following Saturday, and he's had all his hair cut off. Oh dear. Um, and quite significantly cut, you know, very short, shaved yeah. above the ears and everything. Yeah. Um, supervisory visit was okay. Baby was very uneasy. She hasn't seen him for four months. She hasn't seen him in total for seven months in the 12 months. So I think it's about five times in the year she's seen him. She was very hesitant. Mummy's doing handovers. I wasn't there. It, it's to be done at my parents' house, which was agreed. And I'm just wondering now, having him doing that, um, what's the implications of him having his hair cut? Specifically, as, as the legal representative, the legal advisor in court specifically said, do not have your hair cut. Well, if I, if I was on your team, I'd be saying to the judge, you know, I think we can all infer that he's trying to evade doing drug or mm. alcohol testing. Mm. What does that yeah. say? You know, the yes. whole point of ordering the tests is to eliminate any risk to the child. If we yeah. can't eliminate the risk, the risk still exists. So whilst he thinks he's being a bit of a clever Joe, we, we can't move forward because we don't have yeah. the, the hair and the alcohol testing. So unfortunately, we are where we are. The matter remains. And I would be saying to the court, look, I'm not going to waste my time, keep coming back here again. Let's just have a final order where he keeps having supervised contact or letterbox contact or whatever it might be. Yeah. Because he really yeah. should have pulled his finger out and, and done the hair and alcohol. Yeah. Clearly, he's trying to hide yeah. something. The court's going to know yeah. that. The court's going to know yeah. that. Um, and, and if anything, it makes the whole situation worse. Because to go from having really long hair to cutting it short, he really is trying yeah. to hide something. Well, he already, uh, uh, whilst we were in court and when they said six months, he gasped and said, six months? Why does it have to be six months? Why can't it be three months? And on his <laughs> Kafka's um, telephone conversation, he said he'd not done drugs for 10 years. On his Kafka's appointment that the day of the court hearing, when she goes in to see either party, she came to me and she came to him, he said he'd not done drugs for four months. So yeah. he's inconsistent with everything yeah. he's saying, and he and he'd had baby. The last time he had baby was December. Yeah, and that was four months. Yeah, you know? yeah. So well, he's due to he's due another supervisory visit this Saturday. I've emailed the court. I emailed the court that Monday because I know he's not done the test. I, um, my mum texted him and said, "Have you done the test? Because you will need half our half of the money." And put it like that. We need to know, do we need to be paying our half of the money? And he's not responded to that test. But it only gave him four-day window because of Easter Monday 
back Good Friday, Easter Monday. So it was a bank holiday weekend. So he only had a four day window to get that test done from that first hearing. So I know he's not done the test. Yeah. Because he agreed to do it all himself. We were going to arrange it all. And he well, I said think, he'd do it and the judge yeah. allowed him. I think, I think Heather, when, when you go back to court, I think you, you know what's going to happen. He really has, you know, yeah. he, he's made it so much worse for himself now. All right. Yeah. That's, that's reassuring because that, that was my reaction. It was my mum's reaction because um, when, when mum was handed him over, she said to him, have you had all your hair cut off then, Luke? And he said, no. But he clearly has, you know, it, there was a slight bun at the back, but he's had huge, and it was shaved all behind his ears. It's yeah. huge. Yeah. Huge, significant cut. And my mum said it to him, and then he's not responded in the answer. So, um, and like I say, I have emailed the court, but I've not, I've chased and chased and chased, and she keeps telling me it is with him, it is in front of the legal yeah. advisor that was in court with us. But that he's not responded. Okay. Yeah, there's been no instruction. I'm gonna I'm gonna move yeah. on, Heather, if that's all right. I've just got a, quite a few in the lounge. But good luck no, with no, all that. All right. No problem. Bye. Thank you. Uh Captain, you are next up. What's your question? Good evening. Tracy. Hello. I'm good, I'm good. How are you? I'm I'm not bad, thank you. <laughs> um as Heather was talking there, I was like I'm going to ask that question, and I looked at who it was from, and it was from her. Oh, okay. um, that was fine. <laughs> this is from uh, Leanne. It's yeah. about parental responsibility. Okay. Um, my ex-partner passed away at the end of March. He is our nine-year-old daughter's birth certificate. Uh, so he had fifty percent PR. It, she also has his surname. But I have now been advised that I have a hundred percent PR. I have heard I will need a death certificate to go alongside our daughter's birth certificate to show I now have 100% PR in any circumstances we may need it. But there won't be a death certificate until there is an inquest later this year. But me and my current partner have been together seven years, had two children together, and are getting married. So now if anything was to happen to me, my eldest daughter would need to stay within the family home. My dad suggested to me that my partner, to me and my partner, that I share 50% PR to my current partner so I can be 100% sure that he will get to stay with my current partner if something happens. Is the way to do this without removing daughter's dad off the birth certificate? I want him to stay on there. Okay, so uh, first of all, it, PR isn't split up into percentages. There is one PR and the parents share it. Okay, so it's not 50% and 50%. It's just they both have parental responsibility. Now, father's passed away. So obviously, she is the only one with parental responsibility. That, that she doesn't have 50%. She doesn't have 100%. She just has parental responsibility. So we, we will leave the birth certificate well alone because that is a record for the child in the future. But if she wants her current partner to have parental responsibility, she is now the only person that has parental responsibility and therefore the only person that can give the permission. So they can just enter into a parental responsibility agreement. And on that agreement form, it will say, can those people with parental responsibility please sign? Well, it's only her signature that's needed because the other parent has sadly passed away. Does she, does she need the proof that he's passed away? No. I think it's part of the question. No, 
no, no, she doesn't need the proof. He, he, he's passed away. You know, most judges, they'll, they'll take your word for it. People aren't going to lie about that. Um, you know, you, you yeah. might get some. Um, I thought she was going to say, well, can I change the name? Um, and, you know, you might say, oh, well, father's passed away. And then, you know, if she wants to do it through deed well, poll, they might ask for a, um, a, a death certificate. But to give her partner PR, no, she won't need to prove that. Further on, because it goes on forever, this question, so I just summarised it. Yeah. Um, the daughter, the nine-year-old, has asked, to, uh, has also asked to change her surname in the future. Um, uh, would we be able to do that again without removing her dad off the birth certificate? You know, so the book yeah. sounds like they're getting married and they're yeah. uh, sister of the one. Yeah. They all want the same family name. So, so that that's that's a better question for Deed Poll then, um, because Deed Poll will tell her if she can do it. You know, if one signature is needed, or if two signatures are needed, and if she then says, "Well, there is only one parent with PR," they will then say to her, "Oh, well, we might need the death certificate." So that's a better question to be directed at Deed Poll. Okay. That's fine. I I personally feel that they won't want the birth certificate. They'll just take her word for it. Yeah. So that's fine. Um, Mrs. Let me know that Anne's on TikTok tonight. Oh, hello, Anne. So for those of you listening, Anne is our uh, resident specialist in all things CMS related. So if you've got a child maintenance question or issue, uh, please go on to TikTok and Anne will help you. She's an absolute amazing at the CMS. Nothing that Anne doesn't know. Thank you, Captain. <laughs> no worries. In regards to the parental responsibility agreement, is that yeah. just on the government website? Yeah, you can just download it um, and they both sign it and then they can send it into court. Yeah, you can just download that document. It's, and it's really straightforward to fill out, really straightforward. They won't need any legal help to do that at all. Yeah, no, that's fine. Okay, that's fine. Thanks, Tracy. Great. Thanks, Captain. Bye. Bye-bye. C. Taylor, you are next up. What's your question? So this is going to sound quite petty, some of these. Um, the, he's had his medical records for over a year and he only just produced them half an hour before our trial the other day, uh, our hearing, sorry. Um, is, is that allowed? And is that going to be uh, withholding information or would that just get looked past? Remind me, is this children's proceedings? Sorry, um, non-molestation order. Non order. Do the medical records that we have, are they going to fundamentally change anything we're going to ask the court for? Yes. Okay, well then, yeah, perhaps we need more time to read them and go through them. So it's quite common to be literally, I mean, I've been handed documents as I'm walking into the courtroom, you know, so that, that's quite, yeah, that's quite common. Um, but of course, if those documents are going to fundamentally change what you're about to say, then you might yeah. need to say to the court, can I just have 10 minutes to read these through? Can we just have an adjournment, please, so I can quickly read these documents and then come back into court again? Some judges will say no. Oh, get on with it you know some some can be really quite harsh the majority will say okay then you've got five uh, and that's it and then I want you back in but the key is if they're going to change fundamentally change what the order that you're asking the court for really because okay. if they don't if they don't take us anywhere then it's pointless making a big song and dance about it because they're not going to take us anywhere you know yeah but it is it, quite a lot. Okay. What he's been hiding, it's quite a lot. So yeah, we've, um, that's he's fine. He's been asked to go away and get more medical help, more medical evidence of what's wrong with him. Okay. Um, also, 
does he have to address me properly? So in, I was going back to say my name, in the, um, in the documents, he's only put my initials, my first initial, my surname initial. Is that fair? Does he have to... Does he have to call me my name? Or so it, it depends how the document's worded. So let's say I was writing a document and I referred to myself, Tracy Maloney, and then in brackets I said, hereinafter referred to as TM. For the rest of the document, I can then refer to myself as TM. So it depends. It depends how he's worded the document. It's not unusual for us to use initials just because when we've got lots of parties involved, it's, it's a bit of a time-saving thing, really. Yeah, he's, he's named everybody else. Everyone's fine. But in, in his two hundred and fifty-one page statement, he's only referred to me as ST. What? What? My name. Why do you think he's doing that? Um, to demean me. Absolutely. Demean it. Like, Absolutely. Um, so, so don't, um, so don't let it like rise above that. That's just him being really petty. And you honestly, like, you're not the only one. You're not the only one that's noticed that. I guarantee you, the judge has noticed that. So. Play to your strengths. Let him do that. Let him play the games. And, and because he's done a 51-page statement, just his statement, not his schedule allegations or anything like that, it's just alone his statement is 251 pages. Will anybody read through that? Because yeah, we've yeah. not had the same barrister, we've not had the same judge. The, court, the court will, particularly if it goes all the way to a final hearing, absolutely. The judge the judge will read it. That They have to, really. They do, okay. yeah. It seems that nobody's, we've had the three um, directions, uh, three, yeah, three hearing, directions, hearings, we've mm. not had um, any any proper court dates. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The evidence keeps popping up. Yeah, they, they will eventually, when you get to a final, they, they will read all the evidence. Okay, and hopefully see all of this. Cause they will. I think it's been slipped under the radar, all of this. Well, then if you feel, so don't rely on the court. If you feel it's slipping under the radar, your job to bring it above the radar. And you point out, or your legal representative will point out at the final hearing what you feel has been forgotten. Yeah, but I've, I feel that's petty, though, saying like, my name should be mentioned in this. Yeah, but you, um, wouldn't, you wouldn't say it like that. At final hearing under cross-examination, you would put to him that the undermining behaviour that he's been displaying and the intimidating behaviour carries on throughout the statement because he, he refers to everyone else with their full names, but you're, you're only the initial. Would that be correct? Move on. He might say no. Move on. It doesn't matter. You've, got, you've made your point in front of the judge. Yeah. Move on to the next okay. question. All right, brilliant. All right. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Um, Andy D. You, oh, no, sorry. Paige Dawn's next. Beg your pardon. Hey, Paige, what's your question? Hiya. Um, sorry, can you hear me? I can, yeah. Okay, perfect. Um, so, basically, my son's grandparent is special guardian. Um, and, basically, she's been making contact a bit difficult so I will be going through to mediation to them because I know she wouldn't go through mediation because she hasn't in the past. But I've got to go through mediation first to fill out see I want to see one hundred form. Yeah. Um, in regards to that, obviously, because I know how big the C one hundred form is, can I get go through a social services or, or someone? to help fill that C one hundred form out? If you look at it, Paige, most of it is admin. 
Most of it is names, dates of births, addresses. There's a little bit there that says, what are you asking for? You tick what you're asking for. Um, why do you need to make an application? Well, because of this, etc. So it, it's a bit lengthy, but it's not hard. It's not hard at all. Uh, the reason I say that is if you go to social services, they're, they're so stretched with their resources that, you, you know, you might be waiting ages to get help. Whereas you could probably, you definitely sit down and do it in about 40 minutes. Not a problem. It, it, it won't take you long. A lot of it's admin. Okay, yeah, because basically, because I've tried to speak to my son's um, grandparent in regards to more contact because she's quite ill at the moment. Um, so, like, when I have him, he he's, he tells me, he tells his nan that he wants to stay with me. He wants to stay with me overnight. But and he's been hysteric. He's been in hysterics, and I've had to record it and sh- without obviously him seeing and show it to his nan. But his nan just doesn't care. Okay. Well, so that's the so reason. Quite... So that's the reason you're making the application. But that's fine. You'll certainly be able to do the C100 yourself. Oh, you know, and obviously I want I want more parent, parent uh, obviously because I was quite young when he he's under special guardianship order. Obviously, I didn't go to court. 10 years ago because of the fact that he went into special guardian i was really really young didn't have the support so i don't actually know like do i have any sort of parent because obviously i've I've, i was hearing previously about parent responsibility unless yeah unless it's under special guardian do i have any sort of parent responsibility unless it's been removed yes so do you know how would i find that out it'll be on the last order the last order okay, that was I made. Have, I don't have a copy of that. They so give me one. contact the court and get a copy of the order. If you're named on the order, they'll give you a copy of the order for sure. Even if I wasn't, even if I didn't attend the court. Yeah, because you're named on the order, so you were a party. They'll give you a copy okay. of the order. Just reach out to the court and they'll give you one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Fab. Thank you. No worries. Thanks, Paige. Right. Thank you. Uh, Andy D, you are next up. What's your question? Hello. Hi. Hello. Um, hey, um, so um, I separated from my partner maybe seven and a half years ago. We've got two children together and we've had 50-50 ever since then, which has gone swimmingly um, until I made a terrible mistake of um, meeting somebody and um, had you know, changed significantly. Um, nothing was too small for her to create an issue over huge parents conflict, which has massively impacted particularly my youngest child. And then shortly before Christmas, he sent me a text message, basically saying, help, help. Um, and then didn't reply. I went to school um, to see him to, to find out what was going on. And he said, he told me in front of his teacher that he thought his mum was going to hit him. He hid it in the wardrobe and texted me, asked me to help. Um, kind of left it there with the view that the school would monitor the situation. And then in the sort of two or three weeks after that, he came up with a whole load of allegations about behaviour at his mum's. Um, now, my view at the time was that he was alleging physical abuse, being pushed downstairs, being scratched, both hit. Um, my view was that that wasn't necessarily the case, but he was under um, emotional strain and was trying to explain the, the, the pain he was feeling through something he understood. Um, still referred to a social worker who just kept telling me, seek legal advice, seek legal advice. Second I made a C100 application, social worker disappeared. Um, and I made a made that application without notice. Um, 
Now we've been given an interim order, which has restored things back to 50-50, but Mum's responded by um, a 16-page sale of allegations that be about my partner, that I'm making up, that I'm manipulating him. Um, and my application wasn't, you know, wasn't to prevent contact with her. I just wanted it to be saved. Um, what's, what's your question of me, Andy? So I'm going to jump in because I totally understand, but sure. what, what's your question? Yeah. So, my, so my question is, Kafkas uh, are saying it's pure parental conflict. Yeah, it is. Um, which I agree it is. Um, but they're, they're only re- really recommending parents should communicate by an app. Um, now, her, she's got a stepchild. Um, and the local authority have insisted that she isn't to be around that stepchild for the next 12 months. She's admitted that she's had a bad relationship with her and that she's got anger issues. My question is, should I suck it up and just say, yes, parental conflict, let's have an order saying what we've got now should be in place, or do you think I should... I think, um, I think Andy, if, if we strip all the context away, we strip all the stuff away, all the parental conflict away... You've got an order that has restored 50-50, okay? If mm-hmm. she then wishes to raise allegations and bring the matter back before the court, deal with that then. But right now, what I'm hearing is there's an order to say there's 50-50. So just keep keep working yeah. towards that. Okay, so you think suck it, suck it up. My, my worry is in 12 months' time, when she'll have around her steps and again, will, will the abuse was him... Con- you know, reoccur. And then okay, then so that, that, that's, that. That, that's going too far ahead and, and just thinking too much into it. If she has made allegations about you and nothing happens with regard to those allegations, I think it's only if somebody gets involved, social services or the court get involved, you are then seen to respond to those allegations. Okay, but until okay. that point, just keep going with the 50-50 contact. Fair enough. Okay. All right. Thanks, Andy. Bye. Uh, Captain, you're up next. What's your question? Someone in the Discord asked, how long do the family courts keep records for? Um, They are obliged to keep records in children's cases from until the child reaches 18. In finance cases and divorce cases, seven years. That's our statute of limitations. So seven years, but until the youngest is 18 in a children's matter. Okay, that's great. And this is a question from Elaine. Yeah. I believe she's in the audience uh, tonight. Hi, uh, Elaine. Put, can I ask, please, read PR of absent father who is on birth certificate. I need to renew my passport's daughter. She is 15. Uh, as her passport is, as her, as she had a passport as a baby in her father's name, passport office wasn't his permission. I know he won't give that. He doesn't know I've changed her name by default in 2018 Ooh. and I haven't got the money to take him on court and need the passport to go on holiday. Yeah, I read that and I thought, yeah, that's what you were going to say that when I said that. Oh dear, oh dear. Well, that's the perfect question for Karen. So I wonder, Elaine, if you want to ask that question. Elaine is actually, she's got a hand up as well. I wonder, um, stay in the queue by all means, Elaine, but do you want to ask Karen that question? So Karen, I I know you're on TikTok. Correct me if I'm wrong, Captain. It was, can she get another passport for her daughter, even though father's got parental responsibility, but she doesn't want father to know and she's changed the daughter's name and father doesn't know that. Is that essentially it in essence? 
yeah that's essentially it. yeah so yeah. let let let's see what karen comes back with i'm going to keep my eye on the tiktok and when karen answers the question i'll just jump in and answer that okay but karen is the perfect person to answer that right i'm gonna cut i will come to you in one second missy but because we're waiting for karen to answer um i'm gonna come to aisha so aisha what's your question hi good afternoon oh good evening hello yeah, um, I'm just future planning, so I'm not married at the moment. Yeah. Um, but I do want to purchase some properties over the next few years. Yeah. Um, I've been advised by my accountant to do that through a limited company, um, for tax purposes. And what's the best way in the event that I was married and then divorced to protect my assets? Would it be a prenup, or um, is there the option if I purchased it with, like, let's say, a sibling, would that also protect my assets? But I've been advised not to do that. Um, doesn't matter who it doesn't matter who you purchase it with. Say you purchase a property with a sibling, you're going to be joint owners, so you're going to own fifty percent of that. Okay, so in the event of a divorce, your fifty percent of that property will get put into the matrimonial asset pool. The best way to protect is absolutely a prenup. After the wedding, you know, six months or a year later, do a postnup. Every four or five years, keep revisiting the postnup so that you can keep the intention of that postnup live. And then keep everything separate during the marriage. You know, sometimes when parties start to mingle finances or assets. So I had a client today and I was giving them some advice about inheritance. And she was saying, well, how do I protect the inheritance? I'm like, well, if you receive the inheritance, do your postnup, but put it into a separate bank account. The minute, for example, you then take that inheritance and pay it into the mortgage on the family home. Now you start to mingling things in. And then it's harder to ring fence. So it's always best keep things separate throughout your marriage as much as you can. Prenups and postnups are really the only way that you can protect. Um, where there's a change in circumstance, maybe someone's made redundant or a baby's born, you re revisit the document. And then if nothing happens, every four to five years revisit the document. I think it's the idea of me putting all my assets on the table for somebody else to see. Exactly. Yeah, I, I don't like that idea. Yeah. Yeah, I understand. I have to in order to... Oh, you, you mean it for the purposes of a prenup? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, there's no there's no way of getting around that, unfortunately. Um, they will get to see it all. Um, but at least they're seeing it all, knowing that they can't touch any of it because it's completely ring-fenced. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Here's what you could have had. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right. Thanks, Aisha. Bye. Right, Missy, let me come to you. I'm double busy tonight with all these, um, hang on, off mute. Right, there we go. Missy, hello, how are you? Uh, is there a dress code, even if behind a screen, going to court as the other party broke a non-molestation order? So I want to know if there's a dress code, please. Um, I would always say yes, always be respectful, always dress down. You know, if you don't own a, a black or a brown or a navy suit, keep it as dark as possible um, and, and just keep it conservative. You know, I have been in court where people turn up in shorts, trainers and a T-shirt. And, and I do think, look, we're there to ask the court to give us an order. Let's keep it formal. Um, so, yes, you, obviously you're not going to be turned away um, if you don't adhere to a sensible dress code. But yes would be my answer to that. Right, who is up next? Butterfly, what's your question? Hi there. Hello. Me? I can, yeah, what's Hi. your question? 
Um, so my husband and I, we are um, we're still married. We haven't yeah. divorced, but we do have a child arrangements order in place. Yeah. Um, now I wanted to take our child away on holiday this summer before she starts school. Yeah. Um, I gave him notice, loads of notice. Um, he has come back to me. Basically, he's saying no, um, without really any good reason. So where do I stand with that? I mean, I've looked at the child arrangements order. It does say, like, well, we can't take the child out of the UK without the other person's permission. But he's clearly doing this just to be difficult. He's been incredibly vindictive, difficult throughout the whole, um, you know, the proceedings I've had with him in court about regarding our child. Um, what can I do? Is it just I'm never going to be able to go abroad? No, I think there's two things you can do. Um, you complete the C100 and you ask for a specific issues order whereby the okay. court give you permission to take the child abroad. But you also yeah. make an application to vary the existing order so that you don't have to okay. do this every year. Um, and the, the right. order then will read that actually you can take the child out of the country for 28 days without the other side's permission. So I'd be, I'd be oh. asking the court for two things. But we've both got it's a shared care order, so we doesn't, both got. Do, well, it doesn't. It doesn't matter if you're asking on your behalf that you can take the child right. out of the country for 28 days without seeking mm -hmm. his permission, and in the interim, okay. you'd like permission based on yeah. the existing order to take the child on holiday this year. Okay, I mean, this is though for in like seven weeks' time. I, I would assume the courts wouldn't even look at this, though, would they? Probably not. Yeah, because it's not a, it's not an urgent application. So if you yeah. if you fold your C one hundred tomorrow, you're most likely going to wait about three months oh to get a hearing okay. date. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 unfortunate. And then uh, just a very quick question. Uh, my second one is: um, we had agreed the school places, um, you know, before we submitted them on. Yeah. We she's been given a school place, but it was the second choice, which I. Personally, I wanted. However, just to appease him and to agree with him in court, we put another school as choice number one. Again, a very good school. Um, I rang the local council and she's actually high up on the waiting list for school number one. Now, school number one is a bit further away. It's far less convenient for me. She's only with him three nights every other week. So the lion share of the pickup and the drop-offs is going to be with me. He is strong-arming me basically by saying that if she gets a place at school number one we have to take it and it's bound by the law because we had said you know we're putting these down as one two three in terms of choices though there's nothing in the order to say if you get school number one that's the school you have to go to you know you have to go with is that again a specifics order yeah, a, a, I would have to. yeah, a specific issues order. Because if you can't oh, agree sorry, what, yeah. yeah, it's okay. If you can't agree what school she has to go to, then obviously you're going to mm. both present your cases to the judge, and the judge will make a finding as to which school she goes to. And yes, that's mm. a specific issues. Uh, so C one hundred and just tick the SI box. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Uh, right. I forget who was next. I think it was Mimo. I'm going to come to you next, Mimo. What's your question? Oh, hi, yeah. Hello. Can you hear me? I can. Hello. Oh, good. So my question is, um, I've been married for 11 years. Yeah. I've got two little ones, one which is age uh, eight and one five. Yeah. Now, we've got a court day on the 23rd of June. Yeah. And he's been paying towards the mortgage and the bills um, 
because I was the homemaker and he was the provider. And um, he was paying for the child maintenance um, up to, I think, £800 for the last eight, um, 11 months. Yeah. And then suddenly stopped paying the child maintenance, which I rely on. Um, I'm having the kids four weekdays and one weekend. So he does two weekends and then I do one weekend. That was the arrangement after the mediation that we went through. Now, I'm just wondering, does he not have to pay for the child maintenance? Because we've put an application for the court regarding this, but we haven't heard back from them. So the child maintenance memo is completely separate from the family court. So regardless of what's going on and what drama's happening over in family court, he still has to pay his child maintenance. And any variation to that, I'm going to direct you to CMS. Um, or alternatively, okay. Anne is on the TikTok. She'll be able to answer that question. But I know from a, a family law perspective, we have nothing to do with child maintenance. So it, it doesn't I matter see. what's going on in court. He still has to pay it. Okay. Uh, one more quick question. Yeah. Um, we've got, um, I've got the family home, uh, which we bought for 270 year 2011. Yeah. And he's done a remortgage on this house while we were married twice. And the mortgage is now um, over £300,000. Um, he's only offering me, well, he offered to pay um, as a spousal maintenance towards the mortgage for the next two years, um, um, some a bit of money, um, and he and we didn't accept this offer. Um, what? How do you think the court would end up? How? how do, because I haven't got a job. So, Mimo, I think uh, I'm not going to be able to answer that particular no. question because that's where you need some legal advice. So, you know, when, right. when it, it you can't ask questions about, say, sp spousal maintenance or who gets the home in an isolated way because we have to look at the bigger picture in finances and ask ourselves how long's the relationship, what's the earning capacity, how old are the children. So it, it's not something that we can just look at in, in an isolated way. Do you know what I mean? So that isn't something I'd be able to help you with on the Discord. I see. All right, then. All right. But thanks, That's Mimo, for the thank question. You. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. Okay, thank you. Bye. Uh, Martin, I'm going to come to you next because you're asking a question on behalf of somebody else. How are you? So this evening I have, I'm going through a financial order. We're going through mediation. First, house was bought after the marriage. She did not contribute to it. Child is three and sees him weekly and also work only part-time, earn around 8K a year. She lives with her mum, doesn't work. Um, she gradually increases in contact with the child to aim to get 50-50. My question is, given the situation, if she goes to court, is it true that she would, be, she would consume a bigger portion of the house as she doesn't earn a lot? Um, and would she be able to claim spousal maintenance? The spousal maintenance part I can't answer because I don't know what her needs are. But generically, if you are on a lower income and you have a child that you are responsible for housing, then there's a good chance that she's going to get a bigger share of the equity in the house. And that's about as far as I could take that one. Right. Um, and the next one I have for you is... Um, hi, I've got a house with my ex-husband. He lives there with our eldest daughter and I've got two young girls. He's married again. His new life 
his new wife lives with him now does she get a part of the house too and if if I was to get married again will it be the same I don't know how sale works wanted to leave it for my kids so that that question is going to need some legal advice okay because there's 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 a lot more elements to that um if he's remarried did did she say he'd remarried Mart the husband yes um, the husband Yes. Well, so he's barred from making a financial claim against her for a start. Okay. However, if the house is still in his name, he may be entitled to his share of it because he's still a legal owner of the property. So if he holds 50% of it, he may be entitled to 50% of it. The reason I say may is that if she's single, for example, and on a lower income or whatever it might be, she may have a greater need. Do you know what I mean? So that's was probably as far as I could take that one. Okay, that's all I got for you tonight, Oh, okay. Thank you for that, Mark. Appreciate your time. Bye. Bye. Right, Gary J, you are next. What's your question? Thank you. Good. Good evening, Tracy. Hello. Um, Going through financial order with my um, ex partner, Mm -hmm. and there's there's quite a few things that have happened. So she's missed the first appointment. Refused mediation. I'm paying about eighty percent of the mortgage to house her and my children, um, but she's refusing to exchange form E, even though she sent a copy to the court. She's not exchanging form E with myself. Okay. So, is that something that she needs to do, or is that a, a, well, she that... she she does need to do it, and of course, before you get to the first appointment, you have to do your questionnaires. You can't do a questionnaire if you don't have sight of her for me. All you can so do what, is what, what can I do? Sorry, to to get her to do that because she's refusing to to make contact. She's refusing to reply to emails. In fact, she's accusing the emails of being harassment, even though I'm sending her the odd email saying what's going on, where, where's the form, why aren't you following the processes? So all, all you can do is that. You can't do any more. You can't physically force her to give it to you. So you would you would go along to the first appointment and say, unfortunately, this court hearing can't be effective um, because she won't give me her for me. And therefore, I've not been able to do the questionnaires. And the court will order her to give you the for me. The frustrating thing is that then your first appointment will need to be relisted. So it just well, she's already missed the first appointment, so it's got readjourned. When it was uh, readjourned for April, there was no judge availability. There was still waiting on the first appointment, even going ahead from January. So she feels like she's controlling the whole thing because mm. it's on her timeline, not theirs. Yeah. Because she feels that she can just miss first appointments. She doesn't have to exchange the for me. Yeah. Even my solicitor's written to her saying, if you want to drop them off at the solicitor's office and do an exchange that way rather than seeing your ex-partner. But again, she's not responded to that either. So if you've got... Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, then she's not following the process, and and that's that. If you've got a solicitor, Gary, which you say you have, then obviously you could then make a costs application and 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 ask her for the costs. Sorry, ask the court to give you costs because she's dragging her feet and incurring unnecessary costs for you. But that's about it, I'm afraid. That's about all well, you can you, do. When you say the costs, Tracy, can you can you be a bit more? Your legal costs. Your legal costs. 
So, oh, I, the, as in if so, the get involved and it costs me more money. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, your solicitor yeah. might be preparing the documents for you to attend court. Well, of course, the court, it won't be effective the first hearing because you can't do questionnaires. So any legal costs that you've incurred, you could then say to the court, look, she's wasting my time, more importantly, my money, um, and I want yeah. a cost order. Okay, so all right. Just uh, am, am I okay to keep sort of messaging her to say, you know, can I? Can you? No, change this form? no. I should just leave no, it? I would just leave it, Gary. You, you've emailed her. She's been served the papers, so she knows that she has to file it with the court and serve it on you. She knows that. You've already sent her a couple of emails. Your solicitor sent you emails. I would leave it now. I wouldn't contact her again. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thanks no worries. That. You're welcome. Bye bye. Um, right, guys, that's me done. I promised I'd run over a little bit this evening just because I wanted to make sure we got through as many questions as I could, simply because I'm not back now until next Tuesday with the bank holiday. Um, but yes, I'm going to jump on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday of next week and Tuesday and Wednesday of the following week just to accommodate the bank holidays so you guys don't miss out. Stick into the same time, six till seven. So until then, thank you everyone that joined me in the Discord. I know it can be a bit of a faff sometimes, but um, for those of you that did ask me a question, I hope that I was able to help. Um, and yeah, feel free to come back next week where we'll do it all over again. Cheers, guys. Bye.